Hey, Monica. Hey, Aaron. I'll give you $1,000 if you can tell me what this episode's about today. Wow. This week. What's this episode about? $1,000. $1,000. We're going to talk about money. Yes, we are. You just won yourself $1,000 Monopoly dollars. Ooh. Monopoly. That could get me uh, Broadway and Park Place. And you'd have an extra 50 bucks. Or it could get me about um, 20 Mediterraneans. Yes. Which could be a strategy. Yeah, We're there's only go, one Yeah, on the, the Mediterranean-Baltic route. Speaking of money... Speaking of Mediterranean... A lot of people don't like to talk about money. No. But that's what this episode's about. It is. Welcome to another episode of Together for Salem, hashtag for Salem. Monica, Aaron, welcome back to our basement. We are, this is Cross Creek Community Church. We're a people, we're a church for people who don't normally go to church. We're also a people. We're also a people. We are a people. It's accurate. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be talking about money this week. Did you know it's episode 10? It is episode 10. We've done oh, it's this. seven plus, yeah, that's true. Been doing this for a bit. times, that's crazy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. And if this is your 10th one, you win nothing. <laughs> but we are going to hand some stuff out later. We're going to hand some stuff away, including this house house. Well, not this house house, because this We've is We've covered that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We got. I got it back out of my sweatshirt pocket. If So, Monica, if you actually, I have a question, another question for oh! you. Oh! I love being I'm asked full questions. of questions today. Gives me a chance to talk. If you actually had a thousand dollars though, like to spend mm. however you wanted to. Really? Yeah. Man. Right now, uh-huh. like this week, if somebody just handed me two or ten. Two five hundred dollar bills just don't actually exist. Don't give me a thousand one dollars. That would be messy. How about a bunch of pennies? Anyway, if I had a thousand dollars, what would I spend it on? Um, prob- right now I would say food because I mean, I think that some takeout sounds amazing right now. And you're the one who wanted to make dinner tonight. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we might have to change that plan. Might have been a foolish plan. I'd have to think if, about it. But what if it was, and you guys can answer this at home with your friend or neighbor or your peer, or you can text somebody the answer or ask them the question. Yeah. A million dollars. If I had a oh. million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If you did, what would you do? I know what you would do. Let's see if I get it right. It's in my head. You say it. I know what you would do. We'll play this game. Okay. You would go to Kauai. Oh, gosh. It's just, it's that's like an easy one. you know me. I know. What would I do? You'd pay off some bill. <laughs> I don't know. You'd pay off our mortgage. You'd pay off our mortgage. Boring. <laughs> but I probably would. Yeah. yeah. But that's what this episode's about. It's like, you know, what should we do? Money could be a great tool. It can be a great tool. Yeah. It but doesn't it have also, to be something hard to think about or talk about. Or stress about or be anxious about. It doesn't. But yeah. it does cause a lot of anxiety and stress. And especially right now, people are, you know, losing their jobs, mm-hmm. waiting on hold with the unemployment office. Um, Not going to You're a teacher, so you just took some furlough days, which we'll see how those... Yeah, tomorrow's my first one. So thank you for that voting. Or, you know, yeah. teachers, thank you for voting. Classified staff for voting that way. But it's just very... It feels very uncertain. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about money fears. Yeah, here it's we go. It's going to be really helpful. What you got, John? What you got? So things are starting to seem real. Welcome to Together for Salem. Good to see you guys. But life is kind of changing 
And what I think we're seeing, all of us, is that in some way, every one of us is going to be affected financially because of this COVID-19 crisis. I don't think any of us are going to fully escape what's going on. I mean, we, we're starting to see people losing jobs. Uh, our incomes are being are being cut. Bonuses are being taken away. Um, there's there's talk of budget cuts, maybe where you work or where your where your friend works. Uh, investments seem to be going down a little bit, and there's just a lot of uncertainty right now around finances. And I think probably the scariest part is that it's out of our control. Like we can't do anything about it. We we can work hard, but that doesn't change the economy. And so what do we do? How do we, how do we get through this time and have some peace and maybe some just idea of, of what we can do as we come out of this? Now, see, I can't make you more money. I can't just you know give everybody money. I can't help you get your job back. I can't help you keep your job. But the thing about this whole thing is it was never about money in the first place, really, if you think about it. See, even before this COVID-19 thing, if I had asked you, hey, how much money do you need in order to be comfortable in your life, in order to not stress and not worry? I think every one of us would have answered, well, at least a little bit more than I have now, right? There's never enough to actually make us feel comfortable, to make us not worry about life. And see, that's the thing, because what we really need isn't money. What we really need is security. Think about it. If you knew all of your needs were taken care of, you wouldn't be worried about where's the next paycheck coming because you knew you'd be taken care of. Our, you know, our young, young kids, when you had them, if you have them, when you have them, they don't worry about, you know, is, is mom or dad getting a raise? They're, they just know their needs are taken care of and they, and they trust. So what if we could be that way? What if we could just not worry about the money, but actually feel confident and feel secure because what we really need is security. And so what we're going to talk about today might be a little awkward talking about money. Maybe you've heard a pastor talk about money before. Hopefully this will be different. And it might seem a little bit crazy, especially if you're still checking out this Jesus thing, which is why we designed this. We designed this whole thing for you. But what I want to do for, for everyone, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, is I want to invite you to have an open mind. I want to, to invite you to just explore this idea of Jesus and money. Because I think all of us, we, we would love to worry less about money. We'd love to experience more peace when it comes to finances. And so as we ask this question, what do we want things to be like when we come out of this crisis? I think what we can do is, is use this time to, as a reset to change how we think about money, to change how, how we feel about money. And as as we kind of finish up in this episode, we're gonna, I'm going to give you one simple idea I think that will help all of us, really, to be more at peace with money. But what if, what if we could be happier and more free and less stressed about our finances? The Apostle Paul actually tells us that we can, that we can relax about money. And I know money is an awkward subject. It's like talking about politics and religion. Well, we've talked about religion, so let's talk about money. We'll get to politics later. But the Apostle Paul, who's this guy that started a whole bunch of uh, groups of Jesus followers in the first century, he had a, a protege, a guy named Timothy. And Timothy was this young pastor type guy in the city, the ancient Roman city of Ephesus. And so Paul would write Timothy these letters, kind of training him on how to lead a group 
of Jesus followers. And when you think about first century Jesus followers, we can kind of relate to them. They were always going through a crisis. That Life was not easy for them. Finances were never secure in the first century, especially if you belonged to this cult of Jesus followers at the time. Nothing was secure. And so Paul is writing to Timothy in that that context of life is never secure. There's there's no um, there's no vaccines for any sickness at the time, and so you know there's there's just fear all over. So what do we do with that? And and Paul says something really interesting, and we'll get to it in a, in a couple of minutes. But he says that basically how we use our money can actually bring true life, and so we'll get to that. But here's how he kind of starts off this idea about money when he's, when he's writing to Timothy. He's telling this young pastor how to kind of take care of these Jesus followers. And he says, teach those who are rich in this world. And so maybe you check out and think, well, I'm not rich, obviously, right? I'm, I'm not, you know, living in this mansion. Well, you're an American, probably, if you're watching this. I know we have a couple of people who watch in China. Thanks for watching. But compare yourself to the rest of the world. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this again. Yes, this again. See? According to Gallup, the median annual household income worldwide, so that take the lowest and the richest in annual income worldwide, slam them together, look at the middle, was $9,733 worldwide. That is the median income. Basically, that's $187 a week. If you're watching this and listening to this on a TV or a phone or a computer, how much did that cost? See, we are rich. Compared to the rest of the world and all of human history, we are rich. So Paul's actually writing about, about us. And so teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust their money, which is so unreliable. You're like, well, I don't trust money. I mean, that's, that's silly. That's like a greedy, you know, um, Scrooge McDuck type thing. Life's not all about money. We know that. I understand. You know, that's a good, that's a good argument. You, you're, that's not you. But when you think about losing income or you've had that where this unforeseen, uh, this unforeseen, what's the word? Expense comes. What's your first reaction? How do you feel? When you, when you see the idea of losing income or losing a job, there's, there's a fear there. There's, you, you feel scared, right? Worried, insecure. See, what makes you feel secure is what you trust. What makes you feel secure is proof of what you actually trust. And when it's taken away, you feel that insecurity. And for so long, we Americans have either had money or at least had the illusion of having money, credit, that we've felt safe and secure and we can trust that our money is there or our credit card is there. But what we're seeing right now is that Paul has been right this whole time. For the last 2,000 years, the Apostle Paul has been right. Money is unreliable. It's as reliable as Oregon's weather forecast in the spring. You have no idea what's actually going to happen. And so maybe there's a better way than trusting money. Maybe there is. Well, guess what? There is. See, Paul goes on. So don't put your trust in money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Okay, so faith over fear. Well, let's go a little bit deeper. See, we think, and maybe it's subconscious, we think our money gives us what we need. 
Right? Our money gives us food. Our money gives us clothes. Our money keeps us in our house or our apartment or our RV if you're more of a free spirit. We think our money gives us what we need, but really, if we dig down deeper, everything we have comes from God. And if you don't believe there's a God, just give me a second and let's just pretend there is one. A God who loves you and cares about you and takes care of you. See, everything we have comes from God. The ability to work and make money. The ability to be healthy and go to work. The opportunities we've had for education or to land a job. The skills we have to help us keep our job. All of those things are out of our control. All of those things are gifts from God. They actually come from him, not from money, right? Those help us get the money. So, and throughout Jesus's teaching, there's always this dichotomy. Jesus talked about money a lot, by the way. Check out the eyewitness accounts of his life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He talks about money a lot. And there's this, this dichotomy of either trusting God or trusting money. One of his most famous teachings, he says, nobody can have two masters. Either you hate the one or you love the other. You can't serve God and, and we always think like the devil or sin or our selfishness, right? But he says you can't serve God or money. He actually sets those two up against each other. He says, you know, don't worry about what you'll eat or what you will wear and, and what's going to happen to you. Don't worry about that. Don't put your trust in, in that because God will take care of you. And he says, you know, if, if your kid's hungry and he asks you for bread, are you going to give him a rock? No. So why would God do any differently? This is always this thing of, should you trust God or should you trust money? And we know that money is unstable. You can't trust both. See, money is unstable. God doesn't change. Money constantly, income, financial security constantly changes. But if what Jesus said about God, if what Jesus showed us about God is actually true, then that means God loves us. God is for us. God is for you. He was for you before you even believed he existed. Before you were even born, he was for you. He was for you so much that he died for you. If that's true, we can talk about that later, but if that's true, then you can trust God, no matter what the uncertain future looks like. And this is, this is such a simple idea that we might just pass it by or be like, well, that's just wishful thinking. But if it's true, when you grasp this idea that there's a God who loves you, who created the universe. When you look at the size of the universe and this God loves you, it's life-changing. You can trust him. See, the security we need comes from a God that we can trust. That's where security comes from. Not from stuff, not from money or our ability to make money, but from a God we can actually trust. Money comes and goes, but God's love is unending. And Jesus proved that God's love is stronger than death. And so what does this trust look like, like trust, or another Bible word for it is, is faith. Is it just this magical thing that happens to us and we get zapped and all of a sudden we, we trust God? Or is it something that we like force ourselves, I'm going to trust God? No, it's never that. See, trust is learned. Trust is something that we, we practice. See, babies learn to trust their parents. They learn to trust that, hey, if I cry a certain way, I'm hungry. And my parents will feed me. And as they get older, they learn to trust and to ask and to use their words to ask for what they want. And they trust that their parents will give it to them. It's the same with us. We have to learn to trust and to ask. 
And so a, a simple challenge, I talked about this when we first started, is this. I'm going to invite you to pray. I know prayer might not be your thing. Nobody's going to know you're doing it. You can do it in your head. But just pray three simple sentences. These aren't holy words that, you know, you have to chant about and light some incense. It's just talking. Just simple, keep it simple. Keep prayer simple. Three sentences that I think can really help our view of money. First sentence, God help me. Isn't that just a simple, easy thing that we've probably all said? God help me. But there's a lot of depth in those three words. Because what we're saying when we say God help me is, God, maybe you exist. You might exist. And if, if you do exist, then you're probably able to take care of this situation I'm in. And if you are personal enough to be listening to me, well, then you probably care. And you're willing to do something for me. That's huge. And those three words, God help me, it admits something really big too. It admits that you aren't in control. And we already know that, right? Looking at, at this whole COVID-19 thing, we're not in control of our health. We're not in control of the economy. We're not in control. But when you realize you're not in control, but God is, the pressure is off. There's a peace. There's, there's a, you know what? I don't have to figure it all out because I'm not the one who has to figure it all out. There's a, a ability to relax. And the thing is, admitting you aren't in control is the first step to experiencing peace. If you keep trying to hang on and figure everything out yourself, you're always going to be stressed out and you're going to wake up at 3.30 in the morning and you're going to stay awake because you're thinking about all the things you have to do and figure out and try to solve. But you can't. And admitting that is the very first step to actually finding true peace. So our first sentence is, God help me. Our second sentence is, thank you for everything you have already given me. It's gratitude. See, Paul said that God gives us all we need for our enjoyment. If you look back on everything God has given you, just assume there's a God if that's you, everything you have, the things that you didn't work for that you've been given, and you is, and, and God has he's given that to you, why would he change his mind now? Why would he stop taking care of you now? You didn't earn it before. Why would you have to earn it now? He hasn't changed his mind. He's even given you things you don't need. What are you watching this or listening to this on right now? You don't need that. He's given you the ability to have that. He's made this possible. And so when you look back on everything he's done for you, and you know he's not going to change, it produces more trust, which of course creates less fear. So looking back and saying thank you actually conquers fear. See, gratitude is stronger than fear. The more you realize God has done for you, the less you have to fear because you know he can, you can trust him. And when your trust and security is in God, you are free of fear. And when you are free of fear, you are free to truly live. So our third sentence in our prayer is, God help me. Thank you for everything you've already given me. And now what do you want me to do with it? And here's where Paul goes on in, in his writing. He says, tell them, those who are rich, us, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, and here it comes, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. When your security is in God's love and not in your money and not in your stuff, 
you are free to live generously. And this is something we've known ever since we we heard the Christmas story of, of Scrooge, that generous people are happy people. Have you ever met a generous person who's like, ah, yeah, I love to give my money away, but I'm so miserable about it. No, generous people are happy people. And here's the secret. Generosity is actually a sign of trust. Now, if you're a Jesus, if you're not a Jesus follower, you don't have to do any of this. But Jesus follower, you, you might not like this, and that's okay. But this is true. If you don't trust God with your finances, you don't actually trust God. If you don't trust God to take care of you financially, if you don't trust God to believe what he says about your money, you're not actually trusting God. See, trusting God says, I don't know what the future holds, and I'm not in control of it. He is. But I know I have something right now to give to others. And so I will give it and trust God for my future. That's generosity. That's trusting God to take care of you while you can still take care of others. And so we want to be generous. How do we be generous? Well, you might say, well, I don't make enough to be generous. Generosity isn't about amount. There's rich people who are generous. There's poor people who are generous. There's rich people who hang on tightly to their money, and there's poor people who hang on tightly to their money. But we all have something to give. Generosity isn't about amount. Generosity is a lifestyle. Generous people make being generous a priority. They they change their life around it. They reorient themselves about giving to others. They, they, They say their life is about adding value to other people's lives, about giving them financial adding to their lives financially, and giving of themselves to better others. Generous people choose, before they spend a dime, they choose that they won't spend all their dimes on themselves. And so they plan accordingly. One of the, one of the um, ideas that we like to kick around at Cross Creek is this, give, save, live. And that's the order that we do our paychecks. Right? We first we decide what we're going to give because we don't decide first we're going to do it. We'll do the leftovers, and there's never anything left over. Right? And so we, we choose to give a percentage of our income. I'm not going to tell you what percentage is the right percentage for you, but why a percentage? Because a percentage makes a difference. Percentage says, I will give this first, and whatever you're giving that to, they can rely on that percentage, and they can actually budget around that percentage. Think of a nonprofit who just gets nickels and dimes for places. If they knew a percentage that was coming, they could do something with that. And so give a percentage because it makes a difference. And then save a percentage again, because if you don't do it at first, you're not going to do it. And then you choose to live on what is left over. So you give, save, live, and it changes your life and it changes the world. And there's many places to give. In the show notes, we're going we're to give a few places that we think are really good places that you can give financially. Obviously, we believe that Cross Creek is a good place for you to give to. I feel like Cross Creek is making a difference in this community even now. Just this past week, we got to help a single mom who's dealing financially with things. We were able to give her some grocery gift cards, and she wrote back and said, thank you so much. Because of you, because of you who gave to Cross Creek, she said, I am able, my family and I are able to eat for two and a half more months. That was you. That's your generosity. That's what this means. And so the most dangerous the most effective, the most life-changing prayer you could pray is, God, help me. Thank you for what you've already given me. 
What do you want me to do with it? See, that prayer changes lives. That prayer has changed the world for 2,000 years. And later this week, uh, subscribe to this this, uh, podcast or this YouTube channel, whatever you're watching on. We're going to give you some more practical content on what it looks like to be wise with your money right now in this crisis. But see, no practical advice. That's why I didn't go that route today. No practical advice will will really make any difference if you are still looking at money to give you security. It doesn't matter what you do with it. If you're still looking for it to give you security, you're never going to have peace because there will never be enough money to give you security in life. If you made it this far, I want you to know something. God doesn't want anything from you. It's not why he created you. It's not why Jesus came to die for you. He doesn't want anything from you. He wants something for you. And it's not for you to follow the rules and be, you know, the good little goody two-shoes. What God wants for you is a full life. A life of full of purpose, a life full of meaning, a life full of peace, full of security, a life free of fear and anxiety. And the quickest route to that kind of life is choosing to trust God over our money. So let's use this time of change to reset our view of money. Use this time of change to to reset our view of security and find our security in God, the God who knows you, the God who loves you, the God who promises to take care of you, and the God who has brought you this far. Because if you think about it, money is designed to leave you as you spend it. It's designed to go away. But God promises to always be with you. So I want to leave you with what Jesus said about how we can trust God. This is what Jesus said. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Jesus was a genius. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon, one of the wisest kings in ancient Israel, and one of the richest kings, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why aren't you trusting him? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts, he says, of unbelievers, those who don't trust Jesus. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough. For today. Trust God and enjoy the peace that he brings. Aaron and Monica, back to you. Thanks, John. Got him. Those verses uh, that John shared at the end are some of my favorite verses from the Bible. We'll have a link in the show notes below if you want to reread them again. Um, but awesome stuff and very good overarching look at money. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have some practical, like more 
dialed down things coming at you this week. So make sure you subscribe and follow and get notified and all those things so that you can see uh, when those things hit your feed. But I'm excited about what's going to be coming this mm-hmm. week about that. So, um, but before we leave, mm-hmm. we have something big to do. We, we get to give away stuff. It's a big deal. This week. We get to be generous and generous people are happy. People. That's true. That's why we're always so happy. It's because we get to do the fun part. <laughs> this is actually really like the best part of the episode. <laughs> anyway, this week's winner of the, it's actually culinary lessons. It is. It's a lesson. Yeah. Uh, Chef Matt. This person doesn't really need them as far as I can tell, but he's going to really enjoy them, I think. And mm-hmm. the winner this week is Ryan C. Ryan C. Ryan, congratulations. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are the proud owner of some cooking lessons. That's to right. Better your craft. That's right. Yeah. And we didn't say this at the top of the top of the hour. Right. It's not an hour. Um, at no. the top of our time together. Yes. Um, anybody can enter. Right. Whether you how go, do you do that? Whether though? you go to Cross Creek or you don't go to Cross Creek. But how do I enter? You comment. Just show. You know what? Actually, what? Let's do something fun this week. Let's let's. Whereas normally it's not. <laughs> let's really widen our our scope here. Okay. Okay. We're gonna raffle off twenty five dollars to Venti's. Okay. Which I think is really really radical. Yep. That's. It. I mean, we basically live across the street from Venti's. Yeah. Not that you need to know where we live. But we love Venti's Cafe. There's actually two locations in Salem. Great place to um, to get some a growler fill or a full meal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Venti's is a um, or it's a fan favorite. We're, we're yeah. fans. Um, all you have to do is like this. Excellent. So if you like it in YouTube or you like it on Facebook, I'm gonna do that real quick. That's an entry. But how about this? Let's yeah. let's do this. We're just gonna pull an audible. They can't fire us, right? No, okay. well, I'm a volunteer. If you they comment, might fire you. <laughs> if you comment, you get uh-huh. two. It's like double the entry. Do you think that's good? Double the entry. Oh, so if you okay. comment, you get your name in twice yeah. for the raffle giveaway. Yeah. We always do it off stage, but yeah. That, but if you like it, you get your name in once. Okay. Why Should not? We, we'll be able to. We'll I mean, be able we to can pick do it from our... a lot of people this week. Yeah. We'll Normally, see. it's like write numbers, and then Monica tells, or she writes them down, and I pick a number. You don't need to tell them our, our don't, that's our system. Don't give away our system. Yeah. Um, so like or comment to enter. And if you don't live in Salem and you want to enter anyway, go for it. Mm-hmm. What we would probably do if we picked somebody who wasn't in Salem, we just send them a $25 Visa card and or you something can like that. spend it yeah. locally wherever you want. Yep. So, um, but we do want to honor you for, you know, making the time to click that like button or comment. That's great. If mm-hmm. you're new, I don't think we mentioned this earlier. No. Is this my job or your job? I'll say it. Go. You should fill out information <laughs> it's very well put fill out the information fill out the information where do they get the information i think it's online it is yeah right there mm-hmm. yep and we'll send you a starbucks e gift card yep yeah you can have coffee you can have coffee or kick pops yeah. which is what our kids choose or tea or something else or tea yeah or um, a crumpet yeah speaking of kids so i wanted to say yes, one thing because yeah. we have i don't know why we've never mentioned this before um, but we do have resources for kids. Uh-huh. So if you have a child or you are a child and you are between the ages of, oh, let's say two and sixth grade or seventh grade, mm-hmm. there is resources for you on our kids page. We mm-hmm. 
have weekly videos. Uh, this week's lesson for elementary is actually tied in with the money theme, oh, and it's a great one. Mm -hmm. So check that out, it's on our kids page. Um, there's printable things, there's songs, there's video lessons, so we don't want you guys to feel left out mm -hmm. from having church at home. You could have church at home too. Mm -hmm. So that's on our kids page, um, and it's really, really fun. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I Thank think you we for covered everything. Yeah. That's it for this episode of Together for Salem. Enter to win. See you next week. Send a welcome card. Goodbye. <laughs> Love you lots. <laughs> Peace you're out. Six, you're six shooters. Ching, 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 ching. There's also questions at the end. There are questions at the end. They'll see that. Did it. <laughs>